and welcome to the Raven Hill Roundup, the Ulster Rugby Fan Podcast with your hosts, Jamie and Lewis. So let's get right into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Raven Hill Roundup. So very important game happened on the weekend. It was Ulster versus the Sharks away. Ulster winning the game 31-24. A big win for the Ulster men away to South Africa. So big game to talk about today. Get stuck in the it with me and Lewis. And we'll also have a talk about Ireland. How they got on this week against Italy. A bit of a, a tense game that was whenever I was watching it. So before we get into this week's episode, I will remind you you can watch or you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud and Amazon Music. As well as that, give us a follow over on the Instagram. We post lineups, uh news stories that we'll find and give you notifications about the podcast when it's going up and try to just interact with you the listener as much as possible we have also set up our twitch gonna be streaming uh games such as rugby 22 and have an ulster career mode over there it'll be happening later on this week probably over the weekend uh we'll be streaming it so without further ado we will get straight into this week's game so lewis what do you think about the game when you were watching it any standout players in that uh big performance from ulster away at, at south africa yeah jimmy massive win um i think one that a lot of people were not expecting to have um everyone knowing how tough it is to go to south africa and especially for a one-off game like this uh, for the rearranged fixture and with so many players still missing through injury and um, away with Ireland as well I mean we had a chat last week about hoping that a few players would be returning we did get a few of them back but maybe not as many as we expected or hoped for um, in terms of players I thought Vermeulen made a massive difference on his return he was absolutely huge I know he had the most turnovers on the pitch um, and you can really tell the difference of him being in the back row. It added a lot of bulk to our pack. Our mall looked much better. Uh, he was also given a captaincy for the first time, I believe. So, you know, they must have believed that returning to his home country, he'd be the right man to lead Ulster to this big victory. I thought uh, Harry Sheridan as well, very impressive in the second row, especially for somewhere that he isn't known for playing in, uh, not his normal position by any means, but I thought he was really impressive. He made 16 tackles, which was the most of any player on the pitch. Um, and Stuart Moore as well, he was my man of the match. I'm, I'm sure we'll have a chat about his try a bit later, but um, that was that was great. I haven't seen that in a long time, and uh, really, really good sight to see that in vision. Um, and I also thought Aaron Sexton as well. I think he showed the most he has in an Ulster shirt um, since he's been playing for the senior team. He looked really, really dangerous out in the wing. And I don't know if that's because 
that's where most of the space seemed to be in this game. But he was making so many clean breaks. Um, I think he had the most clean breaks and most defenders beaten on the pitch, which was really impressive, especially for someone who's just coming back from injury as well. Um, and as well, just John Cooney, he got man of the match. And, you know, it was brilliant to see him back starting. Uh, I think you mentioned last week, Jimmy, that you thought Dan McFarlane needed to go with his strongest team this week rather than having his strongest players on the bench. And it seemed like he'd done that this week. And, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, great from the tee, great pace, pace of passing. And he just controlled the game really well, especially with Billy Burns being out and Jake Flannery coming in, who I also thought had a really good game. Uh, I thought his kicks to touch were really solid. His range of passing was really good. So, yeah, overall really impressed, Jimmy, with a bonus point win and a pretty unexpected one, I'd I'd say. I think you'd agree. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I didn't expect a bonus point win. You know, I thought that it would have been scrappy. Um, but I will say, like you were saying about uh, Cooney, playing really well from the start. We have been a bit critical about his, his kicking the past couple of games, but, you know, I think he, he showed everyone up a wee bit, uh, four conversions and a penalty, um, it didn't miss a single step, really, and distribution, great, uh, just controlling the game the whole way through, which is really something that I don't think that we've seen in that nine, necessarily, um, this this season um because you're always rotating like it's always been Cooney a half and a bit and then Duke or vice versa um like you're saying uh Merge uh had a phenomenal game um really getting stuck in same with Sheridan I was impressed that he was top of the the tackle stats um he's starting to play in the zone now for definite uh past couple of games that he's been starting while uh, the the others have been away in, in Ireland. I think that he's really making a name for himself and even whenever they're, they're back you know, I know uh, they're big players for us that are second row um, but I, I could see Sheridan sort of knocking on the door in that and as well I'm sort of just going through the people who have scored the tries here um <laughs> that I'm saying done really well. But uh Stuart uh done phenomenal in in my opinion. Um coming on early whenever um John Andrew got injured very very early on and I think it was a massive game for him. You know, he got called up for Ireland, expected to sort of stay there a bit, got the comeback in the Ulster and uh come on sort of when he won't expect it and put a performance in like that you know two tries to his name and it was two tries that really cemented Ulster's authority I thought after uh the early try from from the Sharks I think that he played phenomenal and he he is probably my man in the match you know Jersey and Murr um but I think the way that he controlled the the pack I thought was really really admirable for him I thought Laurie coming back in the side as well, um, playing his usual game, you know, getting the ball in the back and getting it up a fair amount of, of metres, um, 
was good from him whenever he he wasn't playing uh the last few games there um and as well as that Vermeulen coming in you know doing his usual things like you were saying captain and and he dominated that position in my mind you know the physicality was amazing and I always feel like whenever Vermeulen gets on the pitch Ulster's physicality goes up another another notch and you definitely see that in the malls the scrums you know I think he's that commanding force in that pack and he also hit some big tackles and got uh, some some good runs in him as well uh, in the game and really I think he was the driving force and getting the ball up for for the others he is sort of the playmaker and in the big boys for me yeah like you say Jimmy I have to agree with all of that I think I think some of them returning players were absolutely massive. Um, I think it was, you know, it was good to see that the mole was back on track with a couple of tries from Tom Stewart at the start. And because we talked about last week that the pack looked so, they looked like they were getting dominated by Glasgow's last week. And, you know, they really stepped up a notch this week. They looked much, much better. And obviously a bit of a range of game. It wasn't, it wasn't a forwards-based game by any means. It was quite mixed, I would have said. And Aaron Sexton was unlucky not to get another couple of tries. I think he had a couple disallowed. But it was good to see Ulster playing a bit more of a bit more of an open game than usual. And obviously the other try coming from Sheridan, the bonus point one, which was just really good carrying from the forwards. So what did you think of the tries, Jimmy? For me, the tries were, you know, typical Ulster. It was big forward play for um basically the model apart from Merce, which was beautiful, but I'll get to it in a second. Um you know, it was that mall work again for, for both the Stuarts. And it's something that Ulster have relied on and pushed. I think it took a wee bit to get there, but it was always coming. Ulster just kept on dominating that physical play, and I think once they got the the ability to have them all close the the line, it it was always going to work out, and it did for Stuart uh, both times. Uh, early on in in that first half, and then you get into the second half, and basically straight away, Grant Williams, the Sharks 9. I don't know what he was doing. I noticed it a couple of times during the match. He was playing the ball from the scrum. Except this time he decided to do it in his own touch. The ref seen it. Murray seen it. And he just dives straight on the ball. But it was a constant in the game. From that, um, from that try I noticed it. Quite a lot happening. That Grant Williams was playing the ball from the scrum, he was picking it up from the scrum to bring it back instead of rolling it back. Um, so I don't know what he was doing, but it was good that Murr had the eyes to see it and capitalise on it, and it was a brilliant brilliant try. Um, I know you were talking about the try uh, sort of during the week. You were loving Murr's try as well, weren't you? Yeah, it was really impressive. Like, um, and like I say, I think the last time I've seen that was when Ulster were playing at the Ospreys away in 2016. 
and I haven't seen a try like it since that game actually in any rugby at all. So, um, I, you could you sort of noticed it when watching the game because the camera angle they had at the time showed Moore sort of watching the ball and getting ready to dive on it, and you just had a feeling he was gonna notice and have a go for it. And yeah, it's I think it's something that scrum halves at the minute need to be really wary about because you know people are gonna start to realise that they can get away with it if there's not enough forwards in the mall and you know because the mall wasn't as well protected it was so easy for Stuart Moore just to get round and dive on the ball and I think there was a little bit I think there was a little bit of controversy during the week on social media about whether it should have been a try because technically Williams is touching the ball while it's over the line so a lot of people would have said, is that not a five-meter scrum or a, line, a goal line dropout? However, you see many times that players have to kick from their own, behind their own try line and the referee never gives it as, as their own player having pressure on the ball. He gives them the opportunity to kick it away. So... In that mind, that's what the referee was doing. Stuart Moore's then seen the opportunity and dived on it. And for me, it's a perfectly good try. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, it's it's completely the the nine's fault for that try. To be fair, you know, the sharks shouldn't have got themselves in that position in the first place. Um, the the be able the for Ulster to get that try realistically whenever you're you're thinking about it um through a a non biased lens. Um but it really cost the Sharks I think that try because from that point the game sorta of just went Ulster's way. Um the they just controlled the game from then and, and made sure that they were seeing it out. Yeah, and when you when you think about it, it was actually quite. We're we're really, um, you know, we're really happy about the try and complimenting it. But Ulster actually had an opportunity to. I think it was to score from a mall, um, just a couple of meters out from the Sharks line, and they give the ball away, which was what allowed the Sharks to have the opportunity to clear their lines with that kick. But obviously, the ball wasn't well protected enough, so. Ulster actually should have scored earlier before that, um, rather than giving the Sharks an opportunity to get the ball back. Just a touch on you talking about um, Murray's try and the people saying that, you know, it, it might have been uh, at 22, it should have been, things like that. I watched it again there, and for me, he knocks the nine before the balls and then presses down so he's the first person to put the pressure on it and I think that's why it's been given because especially whenever if you go on the highlights and watch um, you see in the slowed down version of it he sort of knocks the arms away from the ball and then presses down I think that's why it's been given and we also had one more try which was spectacular in my opinion uh 
from Sheridan. So goes from the ruck and we better pass and play. Gets Sheridan. He gets tackled by the ten but stays up. Then I think it's the twelve comes in. Sheridan keeps going and keeps driving forward. The six comes in, can't get him down. The two comes in, can't get him down. He just rolls by them all and and gets it down to the touch and it's such an amazing physical forward kind of try it's just watching it again i was like damn he he actually done that he took like five players on and just walked through them so fair play to him and it's a great try the the end ulsters uh scoring for the day yeah just just a quick question for you jimmy about the game in general um would you say this is ulster back on form after a bit of a slump against Glasgow, is this Ulster getting back to their best? Or is there still issues there? Because we've seen stats like Ulster only had four clean breaks, only beat 11 defenders, and in defence as well, they missed 26 tackles. Does that show just how strong and difficult it is to play against a big team like the Sharks in South Africa? Or do you think Ulster really should have done better there? For me, I think this is a good Ulster side. You know, it's not the full side. It's not going to be, you know, top tier amazing. Um, I know that, you know, there's 26 missed tackles. But for me, that isn't a lot in terms of how the game went. Ulster had 157 tackles in that match compared to the Sharks 80. And... The Sharks missed 11 of their tackles. So whenever you take it team by team. In that game. Ulster were better. And very dominant at it. You know they didn't have. The possession. But they definitely had that force. And I think that it was. Probably part of the game plan. Really is to stay that defensive side. And and nick a few points. And it turned out that. They got quite a few points. Um when you're saying about Glasgow and the bit of a slump that they had there, once again, you're missing your big players and you're going against a very physical side that likes to have the ball, that likes to drive through you and you're away to them as well. You know, I think that that was sort of the the conditions. At Glasgow, you're always on the back foot going into it and they keep the game as close as it was I think is shows where Ulster have come up in the past couple of weeks from that downward slump where you know it was like a five or six game losing streak that we were on um, and maybe even more I can't actually remember how many games we lost in a row but it was bad Um. But, you know, you've seen a complete turnaround in this Ulster side and especially defensive. I You would have never seen the Ulster side a couple of weeks ago putting in near enough double the other team's uh, tackles and playing that real defensive way and it working. You know, I think that that's... I can't remember the other game it was, but there was another game that we were like, damn, they were really good. And it was near enough double uh, the tackles. And I had, you know, it's fair play to the, the defensive coaching staff. Um, They've really 
turned it around in my opinion you know we were talking we were saying sack them like sack them all and get everyone out uh sort of a month or two ago and now i think that they're probably starting to get back in people's good graces now because the defending is is top notch at the minute i know that there was the missed tackles but you know you're going to expect some missed tackles whenever you've basically 160 yeah no I'll, I'll definitely agree with that because we we were slating the defense coach quite a lot in the in the past few games last few podcasts and it's it's certainly picked up a lot in terms of even in last week's game against glasgow i thought both teams were really solid defensively worlster came up short against glasgow was in their physicality in their physicality rather than in defense so for me you can definitely see an improvement in defence and if they can keep that up for the rest of the season, it, it's going to make a huge difference um, as well as trying to keep that mall going well, keep keep the big players fit so that we have a strong enough mall and like I say, hopefully a bit more of a variety in terms of tries um, you know, letting our backs loose, should see the likes of Rob Balakun coming back as well as others, the likes of McCluskey from Ireland as well which will improve our back line. So fingers crossed that will make a big difference. Um, I also just touched on earlier that I thought it was huge that we went in there, starting the big names, starting Cooney, starting Sutherland. Um, did you think that made a big difference, Jimmy? Was that was that key to this win? Yep, like I said, whenever I was talking about the player performances, you know, Cooney controlled that game. Kenny, you know, he was picking out the passes, the right passes, kicking well, you know, playing, playing his own game, uh, and not that Doug wouldn't have done that. I think it's the experience of Kenny that allowed him to have that kind of game, and I don't think that Doug would have been able to carry it the eighty minutes, um being uh as as ferocious i think would probably be the best word in the way that he was like an animal he was you know Cooney was everywhere and and that's what you get from a top player um same with rory sullivan whenever he played in the game he was big physical done his job as a prop and just caused chaos in rocks and scrubs you know in in every fashion that that you would expect your prop to do um you know i know vermeulen always sort of plays for us um but he's the same causing big trouble nick timoney came back into the side um from not being in the glasgow game and I think he made a real difference as well, Flanker, because um, his speed, I think it is more, his speed from going through each transition and getting the tackles. Aaron Sexton coming back in uh, after his injury problems. Um, another big player for for Ulster the past few seasons and... Um, you know, you, you talked about how big of a difference he made in the game, you know, just topping all of the 
the stat leaderboards for Ulster in his first proper game back. So yeah, a massive impact from from the people coming back in the side, the big player, uh, as we were saying, that would have been subbed on. But saying that, you know, there was a a healthy bench that got taken. Uh, what were your thoughts on how the bench performed? Did they have that same impact that uh, the bench has been happening in previous games? I know that uh, there wasn't much of an impact in the Glasgow game. No, and we talked about last week in the Glasgow game how it actually seemed to have a negative impact on Ulster in terms of they lost all their fluidity. They lost all their um, all their physicality that they were kind of holding Glasgow to in that first half. And um, it was the complete opposite this time. Um, everyone who came on made a massive difference. I thought that Tom Stewart, as you said earlier, off the bench, really impressive. Coming on much earlier than expected with John Andrew going off injured early on. I think he went off in the first 10 minutes, wasn't it, Jamie? Yeah, it was really early on. Um, I think it was. I so I'll find out where it actually was and say to you. I so he he came on and he had a he had a massive impact. Um, obviously he wouldn't have expected to have to play so long in the heat, and I thought he did brilliant the whole game. Obviously, getting another couple of tries. Obviously, he's now Ulster's top try scorer for the season. Um, uh, in terms of other standards, but... it was uh three minutes in. Uh, Stuart came on for Andrew. Aye, that sounds about right. Um, in terms of other people who I thought had a really good impact, is with Chippy coming on, did really well in the second row. I thought David McCann was superb. He came on, he added a lot of physicality, he carried really well, he was getting stuck into the rocks. Um, Ethan McElroy as well coming on for Gilroy. Gilroy hasn't been played in such a long time. I thought he'd done quite well. Um, and it was good to see Ian Madigan back on the pitch. He hasn't had a lot of game time recently. And with Billy Burns left at home, didn't travel for the South Africa trip. I thought it was good to see him back on the pitch and getting a bit of game time. Even though Jake Flannery did so well, I thought he was, he was really solid at out half, especially for someone who hasn't played in such a long time and um I thought he was he was super but yeah it was great to see the bench have a better impact and they're gonna need that because like we said last week you can't keep starting your strongest players on the bench because it's not gonna work against the big teams because at that point there's a chance either you're gonna lose fluidity um by bringing so many new players on or you're gonna be too far down before the players come on to be able to recover or have any sort of an impact. So yeah, it was it was great to see the bench have a have a big impact. And um we also saw Milosinovic as well. Haven't seen him in the squad in quite a long time. I think there's probably a few question marks on whether he'll stay beyond the end of the season. Obviously with Marty Murr, uh, Tom O'Toole and to Manga Allen now playing so well he's clearly moved up in the pecking order so to be honest I can't see Milosinovic staying beyond the end of this season but obviously he's going to have to up his performances and to be honest I just can't see him getting in, into the side much much more often. Just before we move on um, do you th- I know that you were saying you know, he, he left 
a couple of the the big players for Ulster, like Billy Burns, uh, back at home. Do you think that that was just a case of he didn't think that he needed them for this match, or do you think he's looked ahead and when you know there's quite a few critical games coming up for Ulster, the they get the best possible outcome going in the postseason. I think it was probably for a mix of reasons, to be honest, Jimmy. I mean, Billy Burns has played every game for Ulster for a long time, about half now. Uh, he's played a, a good lot in a row. He probably deserved a, a week off. We saw he give a few players a week off last week. That was the likes of Vermeulen and Laurie, who seemed to just have a week off. And this week, like I said, I think it was Doak, uh, Burns, and I think there was one or two others. But I think, yeah, just I think they probably either just small niggles or just needed a break. And I'm sure we'll see them all returning against Cardiff. Uh, whether he'll rest a few more going into that Cardiff game, I'm not too sure. Uh, it's a massive game to end the block away from home. And it's actually our last away game of the regular league season. So I think you'll probably see a lot of those boys coming back in. I think the likes of Rob Little is close to your return to fitness. And, you know, fingers crossed we can get a good squad out there for the for the away game in Cardiff this weekend. So only one other game uh, this week in the URC because it was the, the week to fit in any rescheduled games and big game in terms of Ulster's table. Uh, it was the Lions versus Glasgow Warriors, uh, which ended a surprising 35-24 to the Lions. Crucial game for Ulster. Uh, Ulster's hopes to get that higher up and chase, be able to freely chase, I should say, the Stormers uh, with that wee bit of a gap now uh, to the Warriors after a surprising loss. And one that they probably shouldn't have lost. The Lions. Terrible discipline. Uh, throughout the game. Two yellow cards and a red card. Glasgow getting a yellow card themselves. So Lewis. After such a good display. About Ulster. Or against Ulster. The week before. you surprised that the Warriors lost this game. And didn't capitalise on. The yellow or red cards from the Lions. Yeah, Jimmy, very surprised, um, especially after last week where we saw the Lions going down to the Sharks quite heavily. And, um, you know, they had quite a poor performance that week. And after seeing how well Glasgow done against Ulster in terms of their physicality and stuff, you just felt like they were going to come over here to the Lions and get the job done, get a win, even if it wasn't a bonus point win. You just expected that of them. and. The fact that they were unable to capitalise on the two yellow cards and the red card from the Lions is quite shocking, to be honest, because we saw the Lions get a yellow card 48 minutes into the game, and four minutes later, they score a try, which just builds their confidence right back up. And realistically, Glasgow need to be capitalising on that. I think the issue was that the Lions had four tries in the first 36 minutes and at that point confidence is low from Glasgow the Lions Lions confidence is high they're getting the crowd into the game everyone's everyone's loving the home performance 
and that's probably had a big a big impact on the game and an impact on how Glasgow were able to influence it. And yeah, it was just it was just shocking to be honest for me. You were saying, Jimmy, it makes a massive difference in the table in terms of Glasgow clawing back those points against Ulster last weekend with the win. And Ulster have just opened that gap right back up again and um, back to five points ahead. And it just shows that losing bonus point at the end last week from Cooney, it's made a big difference because five points ahead just gives you that little bit of a gap and a bit of a chance to stay ahead of Glasgow and, like you were saying, chase the Stormers in second place for that home semi-final opportunity and home quarter-final, of course. And especially with Ulster only having the one away game left, with Cardiff away this weekend and then three home games to finish off the season. So it's a massive, massive opportunity for Ulster to stay ahead of Glasgow, keep themselves in contention for that second-place spot with the Stormers still to play Leinster and Munster as well. So moving on to the news this week, Ulster have provided a squad update after last weekend's game. And the injury update says that John Andrew and Craig Gilroy both sustained concussion in the Sharks game and are now following the return to play protocols. So it is unlikely that either of them will be available for this weekend's game in Cardiff. However, in better news, um, Jacob Stockdale, Kieran Treadwell and Rob Herring have all been released from Ireland camp during this week's break in the Six Nations and all three of them are expected to be available for the Cardiff game um, for Ulster this coming weekend. They haven't provided too much news in terms of injured players at all, so I think it wouldn't be too much of a shock to see the likes of Rob Little and hopefully a few others back from injury, and as well as the likes of Billy Burns and Nathan Doak coming back from being rested. So um, we will find out a team announcement tomorrow afternoon at midday and in a bit of local news the schools cup rugby has been going on and the final is fast approaching semi-finals were played uh last week and a surprise for most inst had beat wallace to uh 31 14 the sale place in their final they'll be facing Campbell College who won their game 31-10 against Methody. The final will be on St. Patrick's Day so keep your your calendar open for that. You can watch it either go and get tickets, go and watch it at the Kingspan or it's also going to be on BBC iPlayer. And in a bit of Ulster news, I'm sure that most have heard by now, Ulster are looking at a potential artificial pitch at the Kingspan. In my opinion, not a big fan of 4G, uh, especially for rugby. I think it just burns and it's it's sore. I prefer a grass pitch, but um, but aside from what I think, uh, Dan Super as came out and said. Uh, there's a lot of research going on into the artificial surface. Um, he also 
continued with saying if it's going to help the product of the type of rugby we're able to play then maybe it's the best thing i'm a traditionalist but also a realist to be fair i share the same sentiment with him um i don't like it but you never know it could uh, improve play somehow i don't think so but Lewis, what do you think about the artificial pitch potentially going in? Really, I don't think there's a need for it at all. Um, how many games do we see a season that in Belfast are under threat because of a waterlogged pitch? I mean, we had obviously the one with the frozen pitch, uh, which was a very rare issue for Ulster in terms of I can't remember a game in the last number of seasons that has had to be called off because of either a waterlogged pitch or a frozen pitch. The pitch wasn't even frozen the the day of the matto. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that was obviously an issue with the Heineken Champions Cup board and obviously that's an issue that's still ongoing in terms of who was at fault there and how it could have been avoided. However, like I was saying, it, it just doesn't seem needed for me. And having played on artificial pitches, I hated it personally. Like you say about the burns and everything, it's it's not particularly enjoyable for the players. And I'm sure it is something they'd get used to, but I don't think it's something that's going to affect their rugby too much. I think they would be better sticking with a grass pitch. Obviously, it's disappointing not to have underground heating, which probably should have been built with the stadium in terms of it wasn't a long time ago that we got the new Kingspan Stadium and a new pitch and for me I think it probably should have been added at that time however for me I would I would really like to see them stick with a grass pitch and um, because I just simply don't see the need for an artificial one and I don't think some of the players would be too keen on getting it in either I don't know about you as well, not to linger on this, but, um, you know, whenever you go to the Keenspan, you see how dug up that pitch is at the end, and the amount of effort that goes in to maintain it, because it always looks fantastic whenever it starts, but it's dug up, and, you know, mud's kicked about, and muck's uh, strewed all over the place from, from like, scrums and players digging in, you're not going to be able to get your boots dug in the same or get that same grip in my opinion on artificial pitch I'm not sure because obviously in last week's game in Glasgow they have the artificial pitch and it didn't seem to be too much of an issue they can be very slippy um, in wet weather and obviously that makes it quite tough in terms of scrums and malls and things like that so but I'm sure this is all something that Ulster have researched before looking into doing this. And, you know, it, it's, it has been something that's been floating about social media and the news for a while now. And um, I'm sure they'll probably be consulting the players, getting their opinions, as well as thinking about how it might benefit them as well. So I suppose we'll just have to wait and see what they think is going to be best for the team going forward. Okay, so we'll move on from the news and as well as the URC games that we had this week there is also big Six Nations action happening. Ireland once again getting another win away to Italy 
Ireland win the game 34 the 20 after a hard fought game puts them in great position in the table especially after France's win against Scotland they win that game 32-21 a big slip for Scotland in the chase for the Six Nations as well as England beating Wales 20 10. Lewis, what do you think about the games in the Six Nations this weekend? Yeah, well, starting off with the Ireland game, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be just as close as it was. Um, we saw some really nice tries from the Ireland backs. thought they had some really nice touches, but you could tell they missed a bit of the fluidity and the same sort of back line in terms of Gary Ringrose. You noticed he was missing. Um, I think the bulk in midfield didn't work just as well in terms of both Bundy Aki and McCluskey starting. I don't think Bundy Aki had a particularly great game. I thought McCluskey was solid as usual. Um, however, I think you could notice some of the big players missing. I thought Ross Byrne filled in quite well at out half for Johnny Sexton. You know, good to see him stepping up to the mark and trying to take control of that bench place for the out half jersey definitely not the finest of performances however just good to see them get the bonus point win it's quite easy to sort of take the Italy game for granted and just expect to go out there and win the game by a massive amount but Italy put up a great fight it was a lot closer than a lot of people expected and probably a bit more uncomfortable than the coaches would have liked and it does give them plenty to work on in the week which is probably a good thing keeps the guys on their toes and make sure they're fully focused and ready for the next game. I was really impressed as well with the fullback, Hugo Keenan. I thought he's really stepped up to the mark as well and played really well. And he looked like one of the more dangerous players on the pitch. Then in terms of the England-Wales game, I thought England looked much better, much more like themselves. And, you know, they were just solid up front dominated Wales in a number of key areas and obviously a few players returning for them as well made a big difference I thought Wales were really poor uh, I thought their game plan didn't make much sense they were constantly kicking the ball and with Freddie Stewart playing fullback for England you know he's going to take them high balls 99 times out of 100 he's one of the best in the air and I think that really cost Wales in terms of they were constantly giving the ball away, unable to hold possession. And yeah, for me, that was that was the big moment in the game that made sealed Wales' fate and ensured that they weren't going to win the game. I didn't see much of the Scotland-France game, Jamie, if you want to touch on that one. Yeah, uh, I got the sort of, I think it was sort of the first half a wee bit uh, more than that. I got the watch of it before... The, the mighty Man United came on the screen and lifted the Carabao Cup. <laughs> We're not talking about that. This is the rugby podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about what I want to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was actually a really good watch, to be fair. It was, whenever I was watching it, was, um, there was a couple of Scotland fans beside me and they were a wreck uh, watching it. But France played really well. They were really physical and... I think Scotland almost thought that there were a bit of a pushover. You know, France, um, the the first week, they got lucky against Italy and then pummeled by Ireland. Um, and I think they just underestimated them and it caught up 
to them. Uh, they didn't. Scotland didn't look as fresh as what they had been. And maybe it's a case of they haven't been performing at this level uh, internationally for a while, and it's it's starting to take a toll on them. Where you know teams like Ireland and England, who you always sort of see at the top end, um, they're holding their own. But I I do see it as just a step in the road, and you know what, it's helping Ireland. So. I'll I'll take it every day of the week and hopefully it helps Ireland get the title and uh, maybe get a grand slam if we we'll beat them next week. Just going back to that Ireland game, um, Ireland are expected to have a number of players back for next week's game, including Tag Furlong, Jamison Gibson Park, Johnny Sexton, Gary Ringrose, and Robbie Henshaw as well. Um, so massive lift for Ireland in terms of having a number of huge players back for this game. Jimmy, just wanted to ask you, do you think Robbie Henshaw, being such a key player for Ireland over the last few years, and of course British and Irish Lions recently as well, do you think he's going to overtake Stuart McCluskey in that number 12 jersey? Or do you think McCluskey's done enough to keep a hold of it for next week's game? I think it's it's tough the answer you know McCluskey has been playing really well but at the same time this is an Ireland coach that sort of picks his favourites a wee bit I think um so I could see him going straight back in but but at the same time I could see McCluskey keeping his place and potentially Bundy Key getting replaced because even though he got his tries his general play wasn't the best. I think McCluskey played better ball the ball. Um and I I think it's enough for him to stay on the side. But at the same time, you know I th- I think that the the Ireland team is sorta of stuck on. It's you're in for a game until the this player is back and and that's sort of the way that it's worked for a while now and just before we finish like normal we'll have a wee look ahead to Ulster's next game which is away the Cardiff on Saturday the 4th of March kicking off at 7.35pm at the Cardiff Arms Park going in this game for me I see this as uh, it's a good game for Ulster to have coming into these last few games of the season. Um, Cardiff not having the best of form. They've won two in their last six. Ulster have a similar form, but you know our games of I think that watching it, you sort of see the unluckiness and things like that. Um, but for me, this is a Cardiff side that doesn't have the that big push that you've seen from the other teams to get uh, past Ulster this season or at least in the past couple of weeks whenever we've seen the resurgence I think that with the the big players back for Ulster now uh, saying big you know um, the ones that we've had in, in this game and then uh, people like Billy Burns who got left and I think that if Dan McFarlane does that same game plan and actually puts out his best side, then it should be 
a good game for Ulster and uh, I see it having a being comfortable. Um, you know, this season Ulster have far more points and tries. However, not to take that away from Cardiff, you know, their tackling has been decent. Um, same with their set plays, their their scrums and uh, lineouts. But I think that Ulster just have that extra bit of fire that they'll take the win, in, in my opinion. What about you, Thais? I think it's a game that Ulster shouldn't be experimenting on too much because Cardiff still have some very dangerous players that can hit you if you're not playing well in terms of the likes of Josh Turnbull and Ellis Jenkins in the back row, really powerful back row players. You've got the likes of Lloyd Williams, Jared Evans, and Ray Lilo as well. So danger players all over the pitch for them. And unfortunately for Cardiff, they just don't have that full squad to have so many players away at the Six Nations and still be able to beat a lot of the big teams. So I think if Ulster stick to what they're good at in terms of keep that mall, the mall rolling along as it did last week in South Africa, um, try and get some of the danger players in the back line back into the game. And like you say, Jimmy, hopefully with the likes of Billy Burns and a few more players back, it'll just strengthen Ulster's squad and it'll help them to hopefully an easy enough victory. Um, but you never know going away from home. I would expect an Ulster win as well. Um, I think it'll be quite high scoring. Another artificial pitch that we'll be playing on. In terms of my score prediction, I would probably say 24-16. Jamie, what about yourself? Well, I think that Ulster knew how important it is for big points matches. Um, And I think that they're going to get a bonus point from it. So I'm going to go for, I think, 37-18 I'm going to go. Um. I think Cardiff will get past a couple of times, but I think, or yeah, Cardiff will get past a couple of times, but Ulster will control the game and uh, see it out with a fairly big points difference in, in how I view it. And that'll do us for this week. Thank you very much for joining, and we hope that you had a good time listening. So get behind the Ulster men this week against Cardiff uh, watch it wherever you can and hopefully we'll get this win like we've both predicted. I would like to once again remind you that we are on SoundCloud, Spotify and Amazon Music Um, so you can listen to the podcast over there also get involved in the Instagram, it's at Ravenhill underscore roundup give us a follow over there get involved with the stories get involved with the posts and another way you can get involved is over at the twitch where we play all kinds of games at the minute we're on rugby 22 like i was saying at the start ulster career mode's going pretty well so far so head on over there it's twitch.tv slash ravenhill roundup and you can watch past broadcasts as well keep you entertained for an hour or so so thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again next week